And yeah, sometimes we get mixed up. We think Mother's Day is just for mothers, but it's a holiday to celebrate. It's not just for if you're a mother, but it's for all of us to celebrate our, our mothers and to honor them. And related to that, in Ephesians 5, excuse me, Ephesians 6, um, it says this about honoring our parents. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, a lot of times we just remember this verse as being from the Ten Commandments, uh, but we miss how significant uh, Paul talks about it here. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. There's a promise. There's a reason why we should honor our parents. And he says, it's, listen to how significant it is, that it may go well with you. Wow. Do you want your life to go well? Absolutely. We all do. Did you ever make the connection that honoring your parents is directly God directly connects that with the way that we honor our mother and our father. If you haven't seen that connection, I hope you will. And I've seen that. People who learn to honor their mother and father, they just have more blessed lives. The scripture is really clear about it and it's true. And it's important to realize here, the verse doesn't say, honor your father and mother if they were a good father and mother. No, it says, honor them no matter how good or bad they were. And we'll talk later about just the fact that our parents invested time in, in raising us and changing diapers, and um, God sees that and credits that to them, and so should we. we should, whatever we can find, whatever ways we can find to honor them, we should. So I, I pray today when you call your mom that you'll think of this verse. Boy, I really want to learn you haven't already. I want to learn how to honor my mother and father because my life is going to go better if I do. And then it also says that you may live long in the land. The NIV says you live a long life. Anybody want to live a long? It says enjoy a long life, not just live one. All right. Do you, do you want to enjoy a long life? All your days, enjoy them. God, again, links that to how we honor our parents. That's huge. I know that used to bother me. I thought, but is that true? That's a promise. God, are you saying every person that honors their parents will live a long life? And then I, I used to struggle. I know I've heard stories about really godly young people that died when they were 22. I know they honored their parents. So is the Bible not right? And I realized this was given to the people of Israel okay, before they entered into the promised land. And it was as a people, God was saying, if you honor your parents, your life will go well, and you'll live long lives. Okay, as a people, in general, as a group, your lives will, you'll, you'll live to be an older age than other groups of people that don't honor their parents. So it's kind of a generalization. But nonetheless, boy, it's a powerful one, that our life will go well and we'll enjoy a long life. That is so powerful, this promise that goes with it. So I pray we'll really take this to heart. And today, when you call your mom, don't just say Happy Mother's Day. Honor her by saying, Mom, I just wanted to thank you, too, for the way you... Like, for me, one of the huge things we're talking about is my mom was amazing in that I never heard her talk bad about other people. 
I've never met anybody like her. I just never heard her. She just, somebody had some bad qualities or whatever. My mom was just blind to it. Or she never let it come out of her mouth. Uh, And that's influenced me. I struggle to do that. But I'm so thankful I had her example. So whatever it is, think of some things, some ways you can really bless your mother today. uh, With tangible ways to honor them. And give thought to how, how can I honor my parents Because look at the blessings associated with it. Your life will go well and you'll live long. Also today, we want to encourage mothers and all women to continue to grow in excellence. Um, Some might say, oh, well, why don't we just encourage women? We don't have to challenge them. You know, it's Mother's Day. Let's, you know, keep it light and happy. But in the same way, God loves us. He loves us just the way we are. But he also calls us to continue to transform our life to be more like him. So we want to follow that example. I was thinking, um, Helen's going to do quite a bit of the talking. Um, in some ways, this idea of honoring women is, I was thinking, um, that's not really my forte of late. Um, I thought this week, Helen's a mom, so I should honor her. And I know she feels so honored when I put prior thought into something, like for having a date night. If I give thought to where we're going to go and I plan it ahead, so... So I didn't wait till yesterday to get a gift. Early in the week, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get her something. What might she like? What would honor her? So I went on, yeah, <laughs> found this great deal on white leggings. And, uh, well, but I went on Amazon, and I, I picked out this gift. I was really excited about ordered in advance. It came. So I gave it to her this morning, and all excited about it and she opens the box and is looking at it and the box it looks like a razor you know and stupid me I just can't keep my mouth shut I got to try to make a little joke I said well honey I noticed you had a little hair above your lip lately I thought you (laughs) I said no 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 no. I'm just joking I'm joking I said this is a beauty aid a beauty aid women love pedicures I know that this is a pedicure aid you'll really like it Look, look at it and right as she's looking at it, she reads what the box says. I mean, the description of it is that it helps soften your feet. It, 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 it removes the dry skin, <laughs> makes them soft and supple. You know, I thought, this is great. And, but she looks at the box, and what does it say on it? It says, callus remover. <laughs> oh, great. That's so romantic. Callus remover. So, I'm still learning, but... Uh, <laughs> But that is our goal. We want to honor women and encourage them to continue to grow. All right. Um, before I became a mom, I, um, I actually was scared of um, becoming a mom. And I didn't think much of it. But now that I'm a mom, I know that um, there's so many challenges and hard work. And I think, gosh, they don't need just one day to honor moms. They need, like, every day to encourage these women because I know myself, there have been so many days when I was in darkness, and I felt like I just had no hope. And I remember when we first went to China, and I had that baby, I just didn't know how to rock that baby. I didn't know how to take care of this baby, and I had no other moms around me. And, um, and you know, we feel insignificant. We feel forgotten. We feel unnoticed. And, and yet... Um, you know, God, God sees it all. He sees it all. And um, we feel not valued. We feel like, you know, so many times when people ask, well, what, 
What, what do you do? Oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just, a, I'm just a mom. But it's not just a mom. Now that I'm a mom, I know how much work you women do, and I know how much work it takes to manage a home and to take care of the children, to, to feed the husband, to, to do all the things that's necessary. So, um, so I thought, gosh, you know, um, if anything, today, when, when I was first asked to, to speak, I thought, oh, no, I can't do that. And, um, but then I thought, well, being um, probably the oldest woman in the church, I, I probably have a few years of experiences, and I probably can say a few things to encourage you women. So, um, so today, we, we just want to encourage you that your work is not in vain, that God sees it all, and, and he sees your heart. And um, you're raising a whole new generation of leaders. These are, are powerful um, future leaders. So I want to encourage you guys um, today somehow um, through our message and challenge you at the same time. So we want to look at this idea of what does God say about this, these issues of women that feel insignificant, forgotten, unnoticed, not valued by the world. And he has some really powerful things to say. Okay, in 1 Timothy 5.4, recently at our men's meeting we were talking, is there any verse God's used to really change the way you live your life? And this was the verse for me. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. And in our hearts, this was the time when Helen's parents' health was starting to fail and I guess I thought my main obligation was to my own parents, um, and I didn't think so much of an obligation, just, well, they're my parents, it makes sense. Uh, But then I read this passage, and it says, by taking care of our parents, we repay them. We repay them and our grandparents. So what God says here is, children and grandchildren have a debt We are all indebted to our parents. We are indebted to our grandparents. Again, it doesn't say those parents and grandparents that loved the Lord and were wonderful parents. No, it says all of them. We are all in debt. And that really changed my thinking. And I realized, wow, I'm even in debt to my grandparents. And if there wasn't somebody taking care of them, then I would need, Helen and I would need to step up and take care of them as well. That this is God's truth. So that idea of repaying, wow, it's a debt we owe them because... And then when you become parents, you begin to realize that. When you start changing diapers and getting up in the middle of the night, wow, you realize all the serving that you do for your kids, all the investment. But that's how God looks at it. And God then says, this is pleasing to God when we repay our debt. That it, it pleases Him. So... The repaying of the debt pleases him because he sees all that's been invested. So God sees all the work you mothers do. So much of it is unnoticed and goes unpraised. Um, It's in many ways a very thankless job, but yet how strange that it's the world's most important job. And yet it's probably one gets the least thanks. Uh, It doesn't get recognized by, by the world for 
it's important, and the idea it's crazy. The world's most important job, so there's lots of training in how to do it, right? No, it's like the thing that you get the least amount of training for, that and being a husband or wife. It's like the most important things in the world, for some reason our society hasn't figured out that it would help to train people how to do those jobs, uh, but it's often so lacking. So God does credit it to you, all that you do, and says that your children and grandchildren owe you. They need, you need to be repaid. God sees and rewards every good work. Oops. Um, I had the verse that says in Revelation 22, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and end. God said, this is my character. I reward people for what they've done. So every act of service, mothers, that you have given to your children, to your family, the world doesn't notice it, goes right past them. Your kids don't thank you every day for it, probably rarely, certainly don't thank you enough. But God records it, and he will one day reward you for that service. So I want to encourage you, as you serve and you feel unnoticed, know that God sees it all. He does see it, and he not only sees it, but he's going to reward it one day. So I pray that you can do your work and, and serve him with joy. And we wanted to use an illustration to, to help you remember this, how God sees your acts of service. Helen, maybe if you come over here. I, I hope this has worked. Okay, if, imagine that this is God's, these are God's eyes. This is the way God sees you, okay? And you're a mom, okay? When we look at moms through God's eyes, all right, turn it like this, all right. What does it say? Anybody see that? Wow. Okay, do you guys see that? Shake your head if you can see it. I don't know if this is working. Is uh, the paper? Okay, yeah, you getting it? Okay, it really worked. I didn't know if that would work or not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, really, I hope you'll remember that. When God looks at moms through his eyes, or we look at moms through God's eyes, we ought to say, wow. God sees what you do. And he appreciates it and will one day reward it. Okay? All right, Helen. Okay, I'll, I'll read this verse here. Uh, then we see in Titus 2, 3, 5, we just had this, that older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves, meaning addicted to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled or may not be hated. Um, and so here it's saying older women are to be reverent in behavior. And I was looking this up in the Greek and it has this aspect of it that says to be reverent in behavior is to see all of life as sacred. And I would ask you mothers, do you see your work at home with your children, changing diapers, washing dishes, making meals? Is it a sacred duty? Is it as sacred as coming to church? Is it as sacred as reading your Bible? Is it as important to God as when you sing worship to him at church? 
And here it's saying, yes, all of life is sacred. The way you change your kid's diaper or wash their clothes is important to God. And it should involve God. God is involved in that. God cares about that. That to be reverent in behavior is to say all of life is sacred. All of life is important to God. And the second one is not, uh, not slanders. And you know, as women, when we get together, we like to talk and we compare. And um, it's easy to compare with somebody that is doing it better. But then it's easy for us to talk down about somebody else, too, to um, put them down and raise our self esteem. And um, if we don't. Um, do that, then we talk too much and are, we're too loud. These things are not pleasing to God. And then the next thing is slaves to wine. Oops. So this is a coping method. And maybe you're not addicted to wine, but maybe you're addicted to shopping or soap operas. Or maybe it's um, internet. Maybe it's self-adornment. Um, the world has us believing that we need to make sure that we are beautiful. So we worship our bodies. We worship um, celebrities. We worship uh, beautiful things. And we can spend hours doing all that. Um, but what the Bible teaches us is to focus on the inner beauty, not so much on the outer beauty. And um, it's not that that is not important. It's just priority wise. So the next thing is um, instead they are to teach and train younger women, building others up. And, you know, um, just like Wade said, one of the most important things that, that we are um, to pass down to our kids is how to be a good wife, how to be a good husband, yet there are no trainings in that. And how to be a good parent. And um, these things are not um, in any of the college uh, prerequisites or um, any of the college classes and I often um, have asked why if these things are so important why aren't we trained in it but God has a plan and God teaches it that we are to do that informally in church not that we hold classes not that just because I'm an older woman that I'll have classes for younger women I could do that but <laughs> but the Lord has it that um, we do it kind of informally and I think um, God is so, so um, gracious to me. He's always placed somebody in my life that I can emulate. And um, I think about in, when I was in school, there were professors. There were other women leaders in clubs that I always thought, oh, gosh, they have qualities that I really, really enjoy being around them, and I would like to learn from them. And they've always included me, and, and somehow... Um, in those activities on learning. And when I first got to the field, I remember I was just so desperate. I had this six-month-old six baby, and I didn't know how to do anything. Um, and when we were there as singles, I thought I knew. But now with the baby, it was a whole different ballgame. And, and yet there was another uh, woman, just a few years older than me. She had two sons and was pregnant with her third. And she had me over and we would cook, we would talk, and through those um, experiences, um, God used her to train me how to live, how to be a wife, how to be a mom, and um, so I'm really grateful 
that God has instructed us within church that um, we can teach younger women and train them up to be better moms, better wives, and, and I hope that happens in our community, that um, in our women's group, in our, in our home groups, that you will see somebody that's maybe just a step ahead of you, and you think, gosh, there are some things that she's doing well. Like, I um, invite myself to others' homes a lot, because, you know, um, I, I just think um, this, this one lady who invited us over, and she cooked for us, she had us for over the weekend and talked about their experiences, and I just thought, gosh, you know, that really helped me, because I'm hands-on, I need to see how people do it. You can't just tell me how to do it. I can read it, but I still don't know how to do it. And I think of um, when I started homeschooling, this mom, um, she's uh, in Pasadena, and she has four adopted kids, and she taught me how to set up these stations for all four of her kids. And and I went home, I thought, oh, I only have two. I think I can do this now. And and so I want to encourage you guys to, to invite others in your home to um, help train up um, not formally but informally because every one of you are gifted and you have gifts that others may not have and God wants to use it. Yeah, so the, the world doesn't really have a solution for this. They don't provide the training that mothers need but God is so clear that the church is to provide and how does the church provide it? Through relationships with women. That, that it's so plain and black and white here that's how mothers are to get their training and as Stan said it's exciting it's it's already happening here at Crossway and we want to just encourage people let it happen all the more and then related to this passage it then also talks about the areas that women are to teach each other about and uh, Wade um, showed me that in Greek they actually come in pairs and so the first one says to love their husbands and to love their children. So I'm supposed to help younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. So that means I'm not going to be a slanderer. That means I'm not going to model things that is opposite from what God is uh, wanting to teach. And to be self-controlled and to be pure. To be busy, not idle at home, and not going around gossiping and lastly to be submissive to their own husbands. Um, today we want to really just concentrate on um, loving their children for, for our message today. But there's, as you can see, there's so many instructions here that we can go into. Also, as Helen mentioned, there's a, Paul often uses in his teaching this concept of put off and then put on. So he says to change behavior... You know, put off your old ways and put on this. People that were stealing, instead of stealing, now use your hands to provide something for others. Uh, and this is the biblical method, and we see that here. He's kind of saying, instead of being slanderers and addicted, coping by some kind of addiction, instead be involved in, in teaching. Okay, so put off the slandering, put off um, the addictions, and instead... Let there be relationships where this kind of teaching and instruction happens. Okay, so um, to love their husband and to love their children. Well, um, 
some of the things that, that we thought of is um, to have a date with each child. And I've heard in a homeschool conference that you don't buy same underwear for all your kids. So each of them speak a different language. And it is our job as a mom to really learn what that language is. You know, maybe one is really um, um, into gifts. And, and your gift um, is words of affirmation. So you can tell her all the things that she's good at, but she's, what the way she receives it is through a gift. And words of affirmation is important, but then she really, really is in tune when you give her a gift. And so just knowing that each child is different and speaking their language um, would really, really help. And um, to be able to date them, I, I think to have your children in, in just a uh, single experience really helps them to know that they are important to you and they're not just with their siblings or maybe you just have one, but to, to make sure that you have that special time with them, both fathers and mothers. And I, I just think um, it doesn't have to be anything like extravagant. I just um, think sometimes um, your kids just love being with you. And um, I've taken Kia, like, after school to just go shopping with me because um, I, I thought, well, I need to do this and I need to spend time with her. And sometimes just in that supermarket, she's opening up about something that happened in school. And I think, wow, I would have never had that conversation if I just dropped her at home and then I went off and shopped. And so, um, and then even with Teo, I, I think um, I've taken him, food really speaks to him. So if I just take him to get a little snack, there he is um, talking and, and um, revealing some of the heart issues that he would have never revealed otherwise. Yeah, I, I am big on this idea of, of dating both your spouse and your kids. But what really got me going was I was listening to some radio program and the author had written some books on parenting, and he made the comment. He said, well, I believe the difference between a good parent and a great parent is that great parents date their kids. And I thought, hmm, well, I've never really seen that in the Bible, but let me try it out. So I, we started doing that, and we were just amazed by, by the results, I remember. Uh, and what was neat, too, is I was already having a date night with Helen, and then so sometimes I'd say, okay, well, uh, Teo and I are going to go on our date, and then and Helen would go, yeah, and Kia, you and I are going to have our tea. So they would stay there in our house and break out this special little tea set. And as soon as you'd, you'd say it, Kia's eyes would just light up like, wow, I can't wait. And come home, and she's just beaming because she's had this time with her mom. Uh, and I'd take Teo to his favorite noodle shop on, on Saturday mornings, and he would just love that. And like Helen said, uh, you know, not every time, but uh, by doing it occasionally, then would come up some really important conversations that were about the child's heart. And you could just see by, by doing I remember the first time I took Kia, we went, we got, went to get, there was a place that had crinkle fries in Jingxi where we lived. Somebody had found out about it. So we just went and got a basket of crinkle fries. And I just remember her sitting across from me, and she just had this, she was just glowing. Oh, she was so excited to be out with her daddy on a date, a kind of date like he does it with mommy, and now he's doing it with me. And it was just... The message to her was, Kia, you are precious, and, and we are just crazy in love with you, and I just want to spend time with you. That's the message that a date 
says to your, your child. So no matter how old they are, it will always communicate that message. I remember one time we were in Indiana visiting some relatives, and I had been wanting to visit my uncle. And, I, and we had an extra car. I said, oh, I think I'm going to go over and visit Uncle Lloyd, my dad's younger brother. And I remember my dad said, oh, well, here, let me, let's, let's go together. Uh, and I was in my 20s, but I mean, I, that really touched me so deeply that my dad just wanted to come along because he wanted to be with me. And that was just, I knew my dad always loved me, but that act really made a difference. So I uh, just can't emphasize enough that how much that act of, of spending time with one child communicates to them, hey, we are crazy about you. We are just in love with you. We just like you. It's like being with you. Um, just as in God delights when we take time alone with him, just because we enjoy him, God is delighted by that. So in the same way, we should do that with our children. It sends the same message. Um, if I could be okay to share with Stan, he was talking recently about a problem with his daughter had been acting up some, and so we were talking about, well, I wonder if you know, a date night would help. And then next time I saw him, he said, oh, yeah, we did a date night. And, and I said, well, how'd it go? And he, and he said, oh, yeah, she was just so happy. He said at the end, she said something like, Daddy, this was the best part of my whole spring break, having a, a breakfast with Dad. Um, so, yeah, date your kids, date your spouse. And the next one we have is help them discover what they are good at. And as you become a student of, of your children, um, you'll find that they not only speak different languages from you, um, but they also have um, giftings that may be different from you. Um, early on, I noticed that Tail really loved playing with Legos. And um, I had no idea that um, little boys are like that, because I came from a home with just girls. <laughs> and um, he just was so into putting these pieces together. In fact, one time we had a meeting, and one of our uh, friends had this uh, box of Legos that his boys were no longer playing. Teo and his friend stayed up all night and put all those pieces together. I was amazed because they were just a box of Legos, but in just a few hours, they were able to put a plane, a uh, helicopter, and, and some other uh, pieces together. I, I thought, that is amazing. And now that he's older, he really enjoys putting things together and is wanting to be a cre- uh, Inventor, um, and um, I, I think, gosh, that's something that I've seen from very early on. So I want to encourage you guys to to really study your kids' love language, and also the way that they are built, the, the way they are wired by by the Lord, and so that they can become what the Lord has for them. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the greatest things parents can do for their kids is help them figure out what what does God. How has he made me special? What does he want me to do with my life? Now, don't tell them what they should be, but like we would often say, oh, wow, Taylor, you are really good at creating new ideas and creating things. And then he started thinking, yeah, maybe I want to be an inventor. Or then we saw some other things, and we said, oh, maybe you'd like, yeah, just get them thinking about that, and then even provide opportunities. Um, 
I remember Tia was thinking about maybe being a dentist or a doctor. When we said, okay, well, when we go back, maybe we can go visit Uncle Jay and you can see how he you know, does the vet stuff. And then something happened where she saw blood and she threw up and said, oh, no, I can't do anything <laughs> with blood. Uh, so we skipped that idea. But uh, be looking for your kids. Helping, help them in that journey of figuring out how God's made them special and how he wants to, to use their life. And with that, too, another really uh, fun thing that, that we've enjoyed doing is this idea of as parents, you're preparing your kids for, to, to live effectively once they leave your home. And so we've been at a homeschool conference. One of the things they encouraged was write down what are the things you want your, what skills you want your kids to have before they leave your home. And it's really a fun exercise. Um, some people can, you can take it too far, but I think we've held it with a good balance of we write these lists and we look at them periodically. Um, I remember early on, one of the most important things we said is, you know, we really want our kids to learn how to resolve conflicts because we see 40 and 50 year old people that don't know how to do it. They have a great friendship and there's conflict and they lose. They lose this great friendship they had. Uh, for the rest of their life, they don't have that friend because they couldn't figure out how to resolve it. That's such an important skill. And so early on, we, uh, when we disciplined our kids, we used the same method of, of teaching them, of saying, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? The other person says, yes, I forgive you. I still love you. I won't hold it against you. And it really was modeling for them how you handle conflict. And uh, we're just, I remember... I think I've told this story before, but when Taya was about third grade, um, there was a gal that came out and was helping teach our kids. And one day, Taya, I saw him after school, and he was really discouraged. And he said, yeah, my teacher, she wasn't very happy about the way I did something. It really hurt my feelings. And so I took him aside. I said, well, wow, Taya, I think, you know, what you ought to do is you need to, I think she really cares for you. And I don't think she meant that, but I think you need to go back and get that resolved. And, and here's what you need. I want you to go back upstairs and tell her, Miss um, Sandy, when you said such and such, it, it, it hurt my feelings. Okay? And then hopefully she'll say, well, that she didn't mean that or she's having a bad day or she'll say something um, and will ask your forgiveness and you can grant it. And then at the end, always good to pray with the person or give them a hug. And so I was really praying and then he went upstairs and a few minutes later came down with a big smile and he said, yeah, Dad, it worked. I, I told her that what she did hurt my feelings, and she apologized, said, oh, she didn't mean it that way at all, that, that she was sorry she was probably too gruff with, with, with me, and uh, she asked me if I'd forgive her, and I said, yes, I forgive you. I, I won't hold it against you. I still love you. And then we gave each other a big hug. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. My nine years old, my child's learned this skill that some people never learn. So that day for lunch, we had this huge celebration. To, uh, celebrating Teo learned how to resolve conflict today. And we, you know, we made a big deal of it. But it was really important. And then, so write these things out. What do you want your child to be able to do before they leave your house? Some other things we did were um, cooking meals. We want our kids to be able to cook a few meals. Um, our kids watched Junior MasterChef once, and they got into this period of time where they started having these cook-offs when their friends came. That phase has kind of been long gone, but they did learn how to cook a few meals and how to do a recipe. That was really fun. We want our kids to know how to wash their own clothes before they leave the home. But they don't have that one. Or Teo doesn't have that one down yet. Um, Key, I think, might be able to do it. 
Um, I think um, it's having goals. Even when your kids as young as one or two, they can have some goal, like putting the toys away, helping you with different things. <laughs> and I, I think it's healthy to um, set goals, and it's healthy to give your um, kids responsibilities, because that's life. We all have responsibilities. And, and so helping them have goals and, and helping them to achieve that and celebrate with them when they achieve it. That, that is so important. And I think um, you'll be happier and they will be happier. Yeah. Uh, I just want to throw out some others just to stir your thinking of things that we thought are really important. One, uh, one was I want my kids to be able to know how to share the gospel. And so we've I've seen that ABC diagram I use sometimes. I taught my kids with that. We've taught them with that. We want them to know how to disciple other people. So I've been starting just this last month with our kids, going through a little discipleship program uh, that teach, teaches them a method for if somebody becomes a Christian, how do you help them grow? Um, handling their finances. Um, you know, in the electronic age, so we ended up getting Tao his own little credit card that has a $200 limit on it, um, but he can go online and, and manage that, and he can even buy stuff off that, um, so he's, he's learning how to do that, and, um, and then he learned about a savings account, and he got, he's way better at that than I am, he's always saying, oh, Dad, how, how much money am I making in my savings account, so we go online and check it, and um, so he's learning about savings. Um, also, we've wanted them to learn how to have a consistent quiet time and, and a really big one. We want to teach them how to lean on the Lord in everything. And so we've talked about, well, how are we going to see that happen? So we really try to make it a habit. Um, anytime the kids bring up some need, oh, I got a test tomorrow. Um, you know, I, and so, well, let's make sure to pray about that. And so now Dale comes to me and says, Dad, I got a test tomorrow. Will you pray for me? <laughs> um, and so we do. And then we also try to make the habit of giving thanks after they take their test or he has got an audition for something, you know, so let's, let's pray about that. Just teaching them to pray about everything, the good and the bad, just to always go to the Lord with, with their problems. Um, so we continue to kind of, or periodically go back to that list and we'll add some new things and we'll say, yeah, I think they're learning that. Uh, but it's fun to think about, yeah, what are the qualities? Another one, we wanted our kids to be able to, to, to enjoy traveling. And to be able to do it effectively. So I'm, right now, Teo is in China. But he, he went by himself. His aunt wanted to go with him, but we really felt like, no, we want him to take this trip by himself, that he really can do it. He knows Chinese. He's been through these airports before. And that it's going to be a big builder of his self-confidence. And so, you know, we, we had a long talk, walked him through how to do everything. I mean, uh, some people may think we're crazy, but... Um, no, it was something we knew he would be able to do, and he made. He went back for his graduation. Several of his classmates of his school in China graduate on Friday night, and he really wanted to be there. So even though he's going to miss some school, we just realized it was so important. Those relationships are just the most important relationships in his life. And so, at first, I kind of opposed it, but thankfully, Helen and the Lord helped me see that. No, we need to. <laughs> We need to change that. So pray for him. He leaves uh, later tonight to come back. Um, but it's already, we can just tell, it's really helped him. But we, wanted to, we thought about that. We said, yeah, we want him to be able to f- know how to travel, 
to other countries and how to get a visa and do all that and what to do in emergencies and things. And um, so that was one of our goals. Um, so think through those things for your own kid, de kids. Develop, and every list will be different for your child. But, yeah, what are the things you want them to be able to do when they leave your home? Mm -hmm. Lastly, is staying love um, and respecting the person. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our kids because that's teaching them, um, well, it gives them security when, when mom and dad are in harmony. And it teaches them how to be a good wife. It teaches them how to be a good husband. And I think um, one of the best things I can give to my kids is to um, submit to the Lord and submit to my husband. Okay. Now we have something very special for you. I know Paul wants us to limit the number of gifts. But you ladies, today we're affording you the opportunity for an incredible beauty aid. It's not a pedicure aid. It's a beauty aid. And this one really is phenomenal. This beauty aid will make you beautiful regardless of your age. No matter when you start taking it, it will make you beautiful. Also, the beauty that this one gives you never fades. The results never reverse. You stay beautiful. I mean, this is some, it's expensive. This is some prime grade A stuff here. Also, men find this irresistible. The results of this beauty aid, men, makes their pitter patter when they, when they see this. Not only that, but God says that the results of this beauty, beauty aid are precious. And finally, this beauty aid is proven effective for thousands of years, all the way back to Abraham's wife, Sarah, have found this beauty aid very, very effective. Well, what is it? I think some of you may know, but it's a gentle and quiet spirit. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, we kind of anticipated that response that on Mother's Day, some women are going to be like, oh, come on, Wade. You're supposed to encourage us. Don't, don't bring up the most sensitive subject women have and give us the old beautiful and quiet spirit routine. But no, we do, this is because God says it's precious and it has such amazing results that the scriptures say that we do want to give some attention to it. Okay, as I said, it makes you regardless, regard, beautiful regardless of your age. It never fades. Men find it irresistible and it's worked since Abraham's wife, Sarah. And we read about it in 1 Peter 3. Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some of them don't obey the word, they may be won without a word by their conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, don't let your adorning or your beauty be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning, let your beauty be the hidden, inner person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So I told Helen, to, honey, why don't you try that out? She said, okay, my master. Ah, no, that's not so. Okay, Wade, my Lord. Well, I don't know. Uh, didn't go over that great. But actually looking up this scripture, 
she was, it was when she was told she would have a, a child in her old age, and her response was, even my Lord, he's getting up in age too. But it was the idea that she'd come to see him as the head of, of her house, and she'd come to see him as the, the, the Lord over their house and had learned to submit to him. And God saw that as, as beautiful. So we want to talk, Helen's going to talk a little bit about this difficult subject. What, what does it mean? And hopefully take away some of the stigma of it, and hopefully this will be encouraging. Actually, when um, Ray asked me you know, to think about somebody that's gentle and quiet, I kind of got quiet because I'm not gentle or quiet, and I, I don't um, think I qualify as um, one to seek. But when he asked me to think of some women that... Um, that we have worked with and that are our friends, our leaders, um, who comes to mind. And these are some of the women that um, came to my mind. And as I said them, it was so interesting that Wei um, felt the same way. Those names came into his head as well. And then when he said, well, who are not? Now, these are not the names of our friends. I've changed them. They're not, and the same names came to um, Wade as well, and I just thought that was really interesting. So um, I'm somewhere in in the middle. I I, I know that um, I'm learning, but but there's so so much I still have to go. So um, so I come um, as one that's journeying with you, not one that has had it or, or that hasn't, and so. Um, I wanted to talk about um, some characteristics of the women that don't have um, gentle and quiet spirit. They are usually bitter toward God or someone or about something in their life. Um, and then they're peri- uh, periodically they would explode about something and hurting others in the process. And you know, um, as Asians, <coughs> one of the qualities many people would say, oh, they are so quiet and gentle, but we all know that we're not quiet and gentle, are we? Because we bottle it up, and it's so unhealthy, because we'll, we'll just like stuff it and stuff it, and then one day what happens? We explode, and it's so ugly. Uh, I've done it so many times that I'm ashamed to, to speak before you about it, but um, I come before the Lord just humbling myself <laughs> and, and thank the Lord that, that he is with us has not forgotten us. Um, and um, usually um, there's some unresolved or tension-filled relationship in their life. And um, they tend to be more critical, pessimistic. They are quick to point out the negative and point out um, um, the weaknesses of others and slow um, to see the positive. And they um, are more than... Uh, seems to have more marital strife um, or struggles. And um, for the singles, it seems that they are um, struggling to trust the Lord with their singleness. And they usually don't have control over their time. They are rarely at peace, and they seem to always be in some kind of crisis. And these were things, as we both talked, we said, yeah, those, in all those people, we saw many of those same qualities. So now, um, 
then when we think of those people on the other list that, that has the gentle and quiet spirit, what are some um, qualities that come to mind? We, we said um, they're usually people of influence or leader. And this was interesting to us because some people would think, oh, a person of gentle and quiet spirit, they're soft-spoken, they're not strongly opinionated, they're, they're the followers that just do whatever people tell them. But in fact, our list, every one of the people were, were women of influence, uh, and they were leaders. In our, we took it from people that we worked with overseas. All of them were in leadership, interestingly enough. And um, they have wisdom and good ideas and opinions. And um, to me, one of the women that, um, that has really influenced me is Janet. And she continues to uh, be my mentor, spiritual mentor. And um, I just, I'm amazed when she opens her mouth. It's just seasoned with grace. Whenever she has something hard to say, she doesn't hold back. She's firm. But she say, she'll say it with grace. And she has so much wisdom to give that um, I think if I can just have some of that, that would be so wonderful. Um, and then the next um, quality is that they're emotionally whole. And they have dealt with hurts and have forgiven others. Um, they've been through many challenges and they have learned to trust in the Lord. They um, have godly yet imperfect husbands. They're good helpers. They are good managers of their home, and they um, appreciate their husband. They have healthy marriages. They are trusting God with their, uh, or they are single. They are trusting God with their singleness. Um, also, they have a grateful, positive outlook on life. I think that um, is really uh, one of the keys that they're they're grateful and are always thanking the Lord for, for good or bad. And um, they are humble and quick to admit their weaknesses, and they're lifelong learners. Um, and lastly, I, I think um, they are mature. And I, I just want to um, add a few, few things. I, I also think they listen well, and they ask good questions. They know how to ask good questions to draw you out. Um, and they don't always have to be the center of everything. Um, they're at peace. Yeah, so we know you might look at this list and it just seems overwhelming. Oh, I can't be all that. But we saw with all these women, it was something that developed over time. Um, and they also probably would see themselves more in the middle rather than as someone that's achieved. Uh, with imperfect husbands, uh, yeah, all of them had husbands that had real strengths, but they also had obvious weaknesses uh, as well. Except there was one guy who we just think he's Superman, um, and that every woman would be loved to be married to him. But but most women, you're, don't don't think it's your husband's fault. Oh, I'd be gentle and quiet if I just my husband would get his act together. Well, clearly that would help, but uh, we, uh, it's not all his fault. Um, we're getting short on time. So I thought this was helpful as we went through this list. The things that it's not, and I think all of these are, are kind of misconceptions. It's not a timid person who never speaks up. No, you can be gentle and quiet spirit, but have very strong ideas and convictions. You're not a doormat that just people walk over because you don't ever say anything. Uh, you're not necessarily an introvert. No, often they're extroverts. 
It's, oh, it's because they have no personality. That's why they're <laughs> gentle and quiet, and they never share their opinion. No, those, we didn't find that was true. The people that we thought about, no, none of them had these. Uh, maybe there were some that were introverts. Uh, so it doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean never not being an interesting person. And then lastly, I'll let Helen do this. We'll go ahead and just put up the whole list. And actually, um, this is a, um, just some, I mean, there's so many things that we can do, but I was trying to think, well, what is it that, that really will help us to become more gentle and quiet? And I think it's a heart issue. It's our heart. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, our heart is not at peace with the Lord. And we can have this quiet rumbling inside. We can um, just kind of have a, a quick roll of our eyes or, or maybe in our heart has a, just a, a quick whine inside. Maybe it's not outward, but still it's not humility. It, it is a rebellion of sorts. And, and um, it it is not pleasing to the Lord. And so I think this heart issue um, really, really will sum it up if we will submit our heart to the Lord and um, if we will allow Him to, to develop that in us and trusting Him and um, asking Him all along the way because there will be many times when you want to give up and when you think, oh, I'm just not that. I'm not going to do it. But I think um, when we trust and obey Him, the Lord continues to chisel away those hard shells. And pretty soon, um, you'll be surprised that you are a gentle and quiet spirit. And I believe the Lord wants to produce that um, fruit of righteousness in us. And He wants us to enjoy the fruit, um, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. And lastly, the tranquility that comes when we are at peace with the Lord and and your husband will see it and your children will, will benefit from it. And so I just want to encourage all of you that um, we are in this journey together, that we will continue to help each other and pray for each other and that we're not in this alone. Yeah, and as I look at this list, one of the things I would say is if you desire to cultivate a gentle and quiet spirit, Get, stay involved at Crossway. All the things on this list are things that Crossway says are important and gives attention to. Learning to trust God even through difficulties. Learning to abide in Christ. Learning to submit to God and to authorities. An emphasis on the Word of God. Getting in our hearts and us obeying it, not just hearing it. Time to let God speak to us. Being with other women who are trying to also become more Christ-like. Oops. Um, and then developing a heart of gratefulness. All these things are emphasized here. So I would encourage you to continue to join with others in this pursuit. It, it takes time. It's difficult. Um, but we, we see many women that are making great progress and, and, as Helen said, are on this journey together. So just to conclude, you know, being a mother is a tough job. The world doesn't thank you enough um, but remember that God does see you, sees, sees you, and when he sees you, what does he say? What? Wow. wow. He says, wow. He sees everything that, that you do, and is going to reward it. 
but we need to continue to join with others together in this uh, becoming, excelling even more as, as mothers. And you're at the right place to do it. Uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we do just thank you so much for mothers and how our mothers were such a blessing to us, Lord, and for the mothers that are here, um, and Lord, those um, that are single as well. Uh, Lord, thank you that you see all of us and you care about all of us and you, you love us, warts and all, with all of our foibles and the stupid things we do and the ways that we fail you, yet you are just crazy about us. And because you love us, you continue to gently and lovingly call us to become more and more conformed to the image of your Son. Lord, we just thank you so much that you never give up on us. Uh, you keep wooing us to yourself into a deep relationship with you and so that you can transform our lives and you can receive even greater glory. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name.